0: hey everybody welcome back to cover b
1: welcome back to cover b it's time for another real extra yes we finally have a superhero movie this year yeah right because no way home was last year
0: yeah okay good. it's true
1: my sense of time
0: <laughs> since 2020 no longer exists. time is an enigma yeah it's a lie and, sometimes it's fast or slow
1: and Edward enigma uh anyway we're talking about <laughs> We're talking about the Batman uh that was Robert a good segue. <laughs> Robert Pattinson as the broody Cape Crusader directed by Matt Reeves uh, the Batman hit theaters this weekend. It did. It sees our uh, titular hero in his second year of crime fighting. It does a really good job of not weighing the whole thing down on an origin story, which I liked, which we'll talk about. Uh, as he deals with the rise of a new uh, killer known as the Riddler. Going through Gotham, murdering important people, and leaving him messages. We also see uh, Lieutenant James Gordon, uh, Selina Kyle, and uh, the Penguin, Mm -hmm. as well as some other notable figures from Batman, the Batman (laughs) oeuvre. It's dark, it's gritty. T, what was your vibe on it?
0: I really liked it. I went in very hesitant, I think, because, you know, it's it's the same way I went in when we were going into the third spy- like the, the third iteration of a Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Like you always go in hesitant, like, all right, how's this one different? What are we doing now?
1: I think you're only connecting it to the third iteration of. Oh, I guess you're talking about like the Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about Spider-Man three. And I was like, is this just because of the emo hair? I mean, that's all it's all boiling down to the emo hair for people on this movie,
0: (laughs) which I actually understand and forgave. I was hesitant about the emo hair going in, but no, no, the the reference of a new Spider-Man through Tom Holland. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How you know? Okay, how are you possibly going to make it different? What are you doing here? Is it going to be, you know, closer to the comics? Is it going to be even more independent from the comics? They there's like a bazillion Batman's in existence right now that are all their own Canon, Mm. you know? So it was just, it was one of those things where, you know, you go in and you're kind of like, okay, how is this one different? Yeah. This one honestly feels the most comic accurate. Of all of to, the Batmans to me.
1: To an extent. I yeah. I, I agree to an extent. I, I feel like the development of the story and the process of the story feels very similar to what you would get out of like a Batman miniseries or yeah. a Batman graphic novel. I will never stop lamenting that the fact that it seems like the only Batman fair, the only Batman... V- media that we're gonna like live action media that we're gonna get is going to endlessly try to remove the campiness and more like whimsical nature of batman like True. i i would love a new batman series because this is very clearly a series and i right. think robert pattinson and, and matt reeves have already been like dropping hints about the batman 2. right and like i i I would love a Batman series that was just like, yeah, you know, the penguin has like penguins and <laughs> he looks like a penguin. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the earlier Batmans for all their campiness and cheesiness were fun in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, you know, they sure they have plenty of memes coming out of the later ones with Arnold Schwarzenegger's one liners and stuff like that. But like. That's the characters in the books. Like, even though over the years the Batman villains have gotten less silly from their, like, 60s, 70s counterparts. Right. Like, Cobblepot's still, like, a little round man who uses (laughs) umbrellas as weapons and has penguins just chilling in his house, you know?
0: Uh, No, that's 100% fair. I mean, I feel like there's this weird dichotomy in, in Hollywood that you can either have camp... Or good acting. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: And I don't feel like that's fair. I feel like you can have a, a movie that involves camp and cheesiness and playfulness, but still have good actors doing good acting. Yeah. I don't feel like it has to be like, all right, if we're going to do this thing and it's going to be kind of silly, just, you know, be dumb. Yeah. Be bad at what you're doing. Use the acting as the campiness. Like, that doesn't have to be, there can be a marriage.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, you know, so I agree that this one feels very comic accurate in terms of mainly the betrayal of Batman. I think Robert Pattinson did a great job of being a very comic accurate Pat- Batman, especially yes. for like an early Batman, hundred percent for like a young Batman. Um, he didn't have the like confidence and kind of swagger that you know current adult, been doing this for a while back then. I does. know
0: I could take out Superman if I felt like it back then. Yeah, but for like a
1: <laughs> 20-something-year-old guy that's just still kind of on the vendetta stage of his whole thing, it's, you know, he's on the, he says it in the trailer, he's like, i vengeance. Like, he's still on the vengeance train, Yeah, you know? Uh, I thought it was really well done. Um, but it did feel, like, honestly, it I don't feel like it did enough to kind of set itself apart from the most recent not including batfleck because batfleck was all included with justice league stuff but like the most recent film adaptation of batman the nolan stuff this honestly felt like a prequel to that i could see this was like the earth one to you know christopher nolan's batman this was or not earth one the year one i guess it was year two technically but um You know, this was like the here's what young Christian Bale Batman's been up to because it just they felt like they made the city
0: very similar, very
1: similar to the city in especially Batman Begins, like kind of the later Christopher Nolan ones, Gotham seemed to have gotten less dirty as time went by. But like Batman Begins, the Gotham was dirty and like every shot was under like an elevated train platform and (laughs) there were like weird rickety elevators leading to everything for some reason steam and just like (laughs) yeah people hanging out in construction sites and steam everywhere and everything was moist and it was you know it was fine but like i mean that was gotham and yeah this one definitely took that dirt kind of further which i think makes sense being that batman's kind of still early on yeah like there's not as much of a Gotham. I mean even in the books like Gotham's a shithole Batman's been doing this for 450 years and (laughs) Gotham's still a disgusting place to live but
0: he might be cleaning up criminals but he really needs to be a chimney sweep yeah
1: (laughs) yeah i mean aside from the kind of grandiose tim burton designed gotham of like neon motorcycle races and like industrial decay this is probably the dirtiest most realistic gotham that we got you know what i mean like if you take a realistic gotham and like the dirty grimy disgusting crime Gotham, this definitely was the better one but it did really feel like i don't know if it did it i don't know if matt reeves did enough kind of making this world of Batman his own it felt a little bit borrowed from Christopher Nolan I can agree with
0: that I think I think I agree that but I mean then again
1: sorry to interrupt but then again like how do you make a realistic you know like how do you make a realistic Gotham different I guess so maybe I'm being too harsh here no I can see what
0: you mean though because it wasn't even just like how it's depicted it's the coloration and the saturation and the the choice of angles and everything like there's I know that we kind of joke that Gotham is always at night but like it kind of felt like that way even here even when there was like a sunrise coming it was so like Painfully orange that it's mm-hmm. like it's still dark. Like I
1: was, yeah. As we were watching it, I was joking in my head about how it always rains in Gotham, but that actually turned out to be like an interesting bit of attention to detail. So I'm going to talk about that more lately or later. But yeah, it's like you know, Gotham's always night. It's always yeah. always nighttime at Gotham, and admittedly, that's because if you're doing a Batman movie, that's
0: how you make when it. He's going to be. Active. Yeah, that's how you make it bats.
1: But yeah, I. Maybe I'm being... I, I feel like I'm probably being a little bit too harsh here. Because there was a lot of things that were different. Like, I really liked the the removal of Wayne Manor as a thing. Yes. Like, you know, he's living and operating and working out of Wayne Tower. And talks about how his family moved into Wayne Tower. And, like, donated the manor to an orphanage and stuff like that. Like, it's it's a cool... It brings Batman more into the city, which is one of the winning elements of this movie. I agree with that. Um, And again, I'll talk about that more in the spoiler section because it's a very important point of why this Batman is different. But I don't know, man. I'm probably being too harsh on the Christopher Nolan thing. There were just multiple shots and like set pieces that I was like, feels very similar to Batman Begins, and. uh, I, I don't know, maybe that's what he was going for, but...
0: I mean, I, I honestly, I agree with you on that. I think, visually, it did feel a lot like a Nolan extension. I think where it stood out was the direction and the depiction of the characters. Just I think, the,
1: yeah, the the story and how they handled the characters. Yeah, like, the them.
0: acting of the characters, like, you know, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Best Catwoman we've had on screen, mm-hmm. hands down. She feels Agreed. like Selina. Honestly, I Sorry, think... Sorry,
1: Pfeiffer fans.
0: Yeah. well, oh, I love me some Michelle Pfeiffer, but you were a little unhinged. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I personally think Robert Pattinson is the best Batman. And I say that because he only played Batman. Mm-hmm. There is no Bruce. And that's, that's Batman. Batman hates Bruce. It will Batman be... doesn't want to be Bruce. Yeah,
1: and admittedly, I'm excited to see the continuation of the series to see if they start bringing Bruce in more, because like, that's one of the winning parts of, you know, you have a character with dual identities. You have a character with this secret identity thing going. And one of the like longest running narratives that you can pose to those characters is which one's the mask, which one's the real you, right? You know, Spider-Man ran into that a bunch in his earlier interactions with black cat and things like that. Is constantly being tested with like, are you Spider Man or are you Peter Parker? Like, which one's first? Right. But Spider Man really wants Peter Parker to be his real self. Yeah. Like, he really wants it. He does not. He has constantly rallied against
0: giving in. His
1: main identity being Spider Man. Yeah batman's the opposite yes like he uses bruce wayne and he uses this other identity that he has as a tool as a tool it's just another thing in his utility belt that he can get by with and that's a hard thing to portray but if done really well and acted really well can really be a cool moment to have and like a really like just cool bit of storytelling. I agree. And so I I will be interested in seeing how, because Robert Pattinson did great as like broody Batman. Yeah. But like I said, he's in like year two of his like cape Crusader-ness. He's still way early on, on the like, I don't need Bruce Wayne. I'm just going to go out there and beat the crap out of bad guys. You know?
0: Yeah. He hasn't fully yet understood the value of having Bruce Wayne as a tool Mm -hmm. and that, creating a facade in Bruce Wayne that he can turn on and off and use to manipulate situations because of his money, because of his, you know, affluency, because of his connections, like, and the, and the Wayne name, he hasn't kind of figured that out yet. He's still super young and the like, I'm just Batman. And he hasn't figured out how to turn it on as like a, an act yet. And I think that was always something that was never fully like clarified in the other, batman iterations like Mm. for instance like i thought christian bale did an excellent batman but there was always this weirdness where like bruce wayne felt very like bateman like (laughs) like his other like he was there he was just like a more refined iteration of the crazy yeah you know what i mean and like sorry batfleck But you took your damn helmet off when you were with the Justice League. And he's... Bat doesn't do that. Yeah. That's a problem. You're making a mistake. I am. So, like, I I just really liked the fact that Robert Pattinson kind of doubled down on, like, I am Batman. Bruce Wayne is just a pain in the butt. I'm not that anymore.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it, it... For creators, there's, like, with Batman, it's all about iconography. It's all about like his whole crusade, his whole thing is about what he stands for as an icon, Mm -hmm. you know, what he stands for in Gotham as an icon. And when you look at the different creators that have taken advantage of that, and again, I don't think it's fair to ever include Batfleck in a lot of discussions about like Batman as a as a movie character. Because in my opinion he's a he's he's a main cast but he's only there in context. Like the only context we got for that character is in reference to the rest of the Justice League. Hmm. Cuz we had Batman v yeah. Superman and then we had Justice League and that's it. We never got a solo. That's so true. we never really got a chance to see what, you know, Zack Snyder and that crew would do for how Batman re- like how Batman is on the backdrop of Gotham city. Okay. We only ever got justice league Batman, which in and of itself is a different beast.
0: Yeah. It's a different Batman. And we
1: haven't gotten that. We didn't get Christian Bale justice league Batman. We didn't get, or at least haven't yet gotten Robert Pattinson, Batman. Right. Justice League Batman. So really, and, you know, even the earlier ones, the George Clooney's, the Val Kilmer's, the Michael Keaton's, we never got those with, they were all Gotham Central-focused Batman. Right. And so the only one you can really, in my opinion, because everyone wants to compare characters and be like, this was my favorite. You know? The only one you can really throw it at is the animated one. And I'm sorry, animated one wins. Oh, hands down. You know, so... Sorry, Baffleck. <laughs> but then that, you know, maybe that's just he wasn't given enough time. Maybe this and that. He did a good job. It's just, it's hard to compare him to, it's hard to say, like, was Robert Pattinson or Ben Affleck a better Batman? Because Ben Affleck was playing like an older, more established. Out in the world against this backdrop of the Justice League fighting space aliens, very confident Batman, Batman. versus Robert Pattinson, who's playing. A, I've been doing this for two years. I'm only in Gotham. Very limited in my resources. Very limited in my connections. Type of Batman. Yeah. So That's I a good point. I don't like to bring Ben Affleck into the fold of these discussions so that said it's interesting to see what these creators do with that concept of iconography because you've got the you know the earlier movies the michael keaton's the val kilmer's the george clooney's where the creators really went heavy on like the superhero aspect made him very ego forward you know he wasn't with the exception of like some scenes in the very first movie with michael keaton he wasn't focused as much on fear he was focused as more on like I'm the hero and you're a criminal and so you fear me because you're a criminal and I represent justice. Yeah. And then you move into like the Christian, Christian Bales and, you know, it was very much about flexing the technology and like using that technology to like Used that as like his iconography. Like, I can be anywhere because I've got this ultra fast freaking tank, and you know, I can use my thing to glide and fly, and that's almost like the money. Yeah. And uh, it was, it was more about building up. It was again, really focused on like building up a super person. Yeah. You know, so it was like his iconography was like, look at how super he is because of all this stuff he can do. Uh, But he never really even like. That Batman really didn't focus much on, like, he was more focused on his mission than he was focused on, like, building this identity, building this iconography. And so then we flashed to Robert Pattinson where the whole message of the thing is iconography. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's very aware of, you know, sending ripples the opening of the movie is about him narrating how he's sending these ripples of fear through the criminal element. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. And like, that's his thing. And that like, you know, the bat signal is less a like, Hey Batman, come here and talk. And more a thing that hits the sky. And now everyone knows he's active. Yeah. And it's cool. It's cool that his sort of like the symbol of Batman is as much a character in this movie as, the Batman himself.
0: It's true. And how
1: they handle that and how they, you know, it's less about like, oh, I'm going to use the Christian Bale voice and stuff like that. And it's more (laughs) about like, I'm going to use like really intimidating walks and like, I'm going to have armor that lets me get shots. And now these guys are like, oh my God, I shot him, but he didn't go down and stuff like that. Like,
0: yeah. in the it's kind of like a dichotomy to the Christian Bale version because the Christian Bale version was very much like, I can do anything and you don't know where I'm at and you don't know what I can do. Cause you think I can do everything. And like the dichotomy here is that the Rob Pattinson Batman is you're scared of me because I could be anywhere. I could do anything because you don't know what I'm capable of. Yeah. yeah. Like the Christian Bale is like, you know, I'm capable of anything and everything. And this one's more like, you still don't know who I am. You don't know what my whole intent is. You don't know if I'm inherently good or inherently not good. I mean, there's an instance in the movie where he's like beating up bad guys. And then the victim looks at him and is like, please don't hurt me. Because even though he's beating up bad guys, there's still this like unknowing, unknowable factor about the Batman and like how he can just get out of stuff and disappears and appears. And it's like, you're scary to everyone because of your unknowability.
1: Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. Robert Pattinson is a great Batman. I think this was a great iteration of Batman. Um, great iteration of Selina. Yeah. Uh, it was cool to get a live action Riddler and kind of the direction they took with that character. And then just in general, it was nice to finally get a James Gordon that had a personality. Yeah. You know, Gary Oldman's James Gordon was just so like, one note you know what i mean he, he was. was like i'm a cop and that's i'm, I'm gonna cop i'm cops cop cop, cop. <laughs> i'm cop man and it was like fine cool but it's,
0: it's nice to see too like jeffrey james- writes
1: james gordon just was a lot deeper
0: and he's he's just he's more interesting because he's not commissioner yet yeah he's he's early on he's early just like batman is yeah and that's cool
1: well he felt very He also felt very comic accurate to me because he very much had this, like... I mean, he was a hero. He was a freaking hero. You see him do some crazy heroic things, which is awesome to see James Gordon do, as opposed to just being this behind-the-scenes talking face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, a, a lot of times James Gordon's... Like, the Gary Oldman one very much was, like, James Gordon was the hero because he was unafraid to talk shit about the criminals and the dirty cops and stuff. But it was less, like he was actually going out and doing like crazy heroic things. And this one, it's like, he's out doing these crazy heroic things, but then he's also kind of got this blind faith in this vigilante. Yeah. And so it's causing a lot of people to judge him for it, you know? Yeah. And I, I just thought that was a good, and Jeffrey Wright just did a really good job of playing that character. He, did he was great. like fun and funny at moments, but also like you were rooting for him and you could see him like wanting to do more and stuff. It was, it was good. It was very cool. It was a cool movie. It, you know, to all the comparisons, I, I hate comparison, like comparing it this much to the Nolan stuff, but it's hard to when it, it feels like it took a lot from that. Yeah. You know, and this might just be, again, I might be overly harsh because I might still just be lamenting the fact that we don't get like a cheesy, you know, meta human kind of you know it's it's like i would i would love a batman series where if we ever got a killer croc he would end up being like a giant looming like crocodile man yeah but the only batman movies that we're ever getting are the ones where if we ever got a killer croc he's just gonna be like a scaly redneck you know what i mean
0: it's hard it's hard because we live in a world where we get these like dark edgy realistic batmans but we also live in a world where we have Marvel movies that aren't afraid to make the lizard a lizard. Yeah. And like have these like kind of zany, weird, goobery looking monsters that, you know, feel more comic accurate. You know what I mean?
1: You know, it would, it would be fun if as, as cool as I liked the Riddler in this one, it would be fun if, you know, we got a Riddler that was making giant, you know, warehouse sized death trap mazes. Yeah. As opposed to just like saw like I put this on your head apparatus. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: I mean it's 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 one of those things where for some reason, unfortunately, the Batman, because what the Batman is and what the Batman can be and how it's being depicted, it feels very reality focused. And it's yeah. hard when so much of it could easily be applied to the like suicide squad peacemaker style of making where you have a giant shark man yeah like it's hard that we can't marry those two things yeah
1: it's it's unfortunate that dc has become so afraid and say what you will about like cinematic universes and stuff but it, it is unfortunate that dc has become so afraid of cinematic universes because it's a going to cause a lot of confusion and like complicated scenarios when they want to use certain characters in different types of movies Mm -hmm. and b it just it results in us getting another like hey this is a batman driving a muscle car kind of thing and it's it's fine like i'm not saying it was bad because of that it's just it would be cool if you know we got a batman that was willing to kind of go over the top with its things Mm -hmm. you know and i mean like The downside to that is that you do have to present Batman in a different way. You do have to have that Batman that it would be easier with like a Christopher Nolan Batman as opposed to this one who was a little bit more limited in his resources. But like, you know, a Christian Bale Batman who has like all this weird cyber tech that doesn't make any sense and you know (laughs) all this Wayne tech stuff that doesn't make any sense, but he just gets it. Um, That would be the type of person that you'd have to have if you had... You know, like a clayface, yeah, or a Solomon Grundy out in the world, you right. know. But you know, we see these. You know, we just get another series where it's like, okay, maybe they will work Solomon Grundy in, but he's just gonna be like a slightly bigger than normal gray man. Definitely not die. gonna be a zombie. Not gonna be like <laughs> this giant hulking figure, or like you know, we're never gonna get a clayface. Poison Ivy is gonna be difficult. You know. Or
0: she's just going to be an eco-terrorist. Yeah, she's just going to be somebody before, who you know? does,
1: like, poisons and stuff. But I don't know. I, I I really liked this. I just will endlessly lament that we don't get kind of a more comics-accurate Batman outside of being comics-accurate in tone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, hey. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to move into Spoiler Town. Yes. A few of the more... This is also where, admittedly, we're going to talk about the more positive things. I don't feel like we were overly positive in that first time, so <laughs> apologize. We did like so, it. We promise. <laughs> yeah. If you if you are going to skip over the the spoiler part, I will just say this is definitely a five out of five for me. It was really really good. It, it was, was very good. Really well done. It's very long. So oh my
0: god, it's so long. <laughs>
1: don't drink anything. But um, it is very very long. There are some moments, admittedly, where. Because of the longness, everything's just really de- deliberately shot. Yeah. This is the last criticism before we move into spoiler town. Everything's very deliberately shot. And there are moments where you're like, this is a three and a half hour long movie. Did we really need Robert Pattinson to move so slow as he's grabbing this envelope? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or it's like there's a scene where Batman like walks across a room and it's like very slow. And I'm like, at what point?
0: Bro, I gotta pee. Could
1: we not have, like, (laughs) shaved a few minutes off by just having these scenes shot a little bit faster? But it is very, very long, uh, but it's incredible. It's very good. It's very good. It's a nice, good superhero movie, a good Batman movie, and did some really unique things that superhero movies haven't done Mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, And honestly, without spoiling why, I will tell you my biggest takeaway from it is that in my opinion, it did something that no Batman movie has done before. Mm -hmm. As well as something that really very few, if any, superhero movies have done before. Mm -hmm. So if that's intriguing to you, cool. We're going to go talk about spoilers. If you don't want spoilers, turn the episode off right now. Come back to it later. But, spoiler time. Yes. Here we go. So, as I mentioned, I feel like this movie did something that Batman movies don't, don't typically do. do. And it's it all boils down to that conversation we had about like the image of Batman. Mm-hmm. This whole thing's about image and in his opinion his image is fear. Yep. He's a symbol of fear. He is utilizing fear to keep the element in check. And it's a really well-done opening segment where you see like three different crimes happening and then the bat signal goes up and these criminals all look toward like a dark alley or a dark open building. They look toward the darkness and they think he's going to emerge. Yep. And then eventually he emerges on one of them. And it's the scene we've all seen of him beating the crap out of the clowns um, from the trailer. But he does eventually emerge out of one of them. But it's a really interesting portrayal. Of what Batman's whole thing is. Yeah. Like, that's always been his thing. He said it, you know, even in the Christian Bale stuff where they focused more on kind of this big shock and awe Batman. Right. Um, Even back with that Christian Bale, he'd say things like, I'm the knight and stuff like that. Yeah. All the way back to like, you know, Michael Keaton. Who are you? I'm Batman. Like that kind of stuff. <laughs> but like, you know, he was always focused on like scaring the criminal element, but I think this was the best kind of portrayal of that. I agree. But then he realized, like you mentioned with the, his, the victim being like, don't hurt me. He realized that fear is really only does so much and can only get him so far. And as the movie goes on and on and on, we eventually see with the kind of cataclysmic moments at the end of the movie, him, accept that the other symbol he can use is the symbol of a hero Simple and it hope leaves him among the people yep as opposed to every batman movie i feel like when he finally does the big final heroic thing it's always him like grappling hooking away and someone being like who is that that was the batman or something like that even if they're still like a lot of them i feel like end with you know, the whole, like, he's not the hero we need, but the hero we deserve, or whatever. Yeah. Um,
0: the, he's not a good guy, but yeah. he's the guy we have.
1: Yeah, yeah, that kind of sentiment. Um, But I feel like, even if they're going the heroic route, it's like, he's always, like, distant. He's always, like, you know, up in the skyline and, like, zipping away and gliding through the air and stuff. And this one ends with him just sitting with people. Yeah just in full costume walking around carrying injured people to paramedics and stuff like that and that's awesome it's so good
0: it definitely feels like the first time in a long time maybe ever that we've had a batman in the big screen that actually like isn't constantly afraid people are gonna immediately recognize him and like runs away the minute that he's no longer, like, fighting bad guys. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you think about the Christopher Nolan one, and Bruce was very much in the public eye. He was very much, like, involved in the company. He was very much involved in, like, press conferences and crap. Mm. And so, like, whenever he did his Batman stuff, like, he'd hide in a shadow and he'd talk to you, and then he'd, like, immediately run away. And I like this one because they kind of depict Bruce Wayne as this, like, kind of weirdo recluse mm-hmm. like you know my parents died and i've been sad about it for 20 years and so nobody ever really sees him and like people like don't immediately recognize him as a like, famous figure to begin with like there's an instance where someone's like do i know you like they know his face kind of yeah, he but not goes out really. to like
1: the memorial and a bunch of people are like you're
0: um you're
1: hold on a minute you yeah, know yeah
0: and like It gives him the credence that when he's out in mask, nobody questions who he is. And that's like a huge plot point is that like nobody knows who he is because nobody knows Bruce. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge, awesome thing that I think is super important because like in the comics, Batman doesn't hide. Batman doesn't like immediately go away. Batman is in the thick of it. Yeah. All the time. With everybody. And I think that's a huge, a huge benefit to the movie. I just,
1: yeah, I love how interactive of a Batman it is. Yeah. You know, he's, at one point he's in the police station because he got knocked out and the police took him there and he's surrounded by policemen. And he only, like, really reacts when they try to take his cowl off. Yeah. But, like, he's kind of just standing there talking to them. He's not like, uh, smoke bomb, and then, like, leaves. You know what I mean? Like, he's not, like... Batman so often is portrayed, especially in the movies, as like he has his inner circle, and then like the hot people he's cool with, and <laughs> yeah. and then Gordon, and then like everyone. If anyone else gets close, he's like <gasps> he's like the phantom of the freaking opera. No, you're you right. Know? I
0: mean, in this movie, he walks into a crime scene swarmed, yeah. with with uh police Officers people this, and chill. like. He just, like, walks around and looks at stuff. Every other time you typically see Batman in, like, this type of scenario in a movie, it's, like, him coming in after all the cops have left, and he's sneaking in because he's not supposed to be at the crime scene. But, like, this one, he's literally just sort of, like, walking around, and they're like, is he allowed to be here? And And it's like, are you going to tell him to leave?
1: (laughs) And I think that boils down to just a different approach on this Batman taken by Matt Reeves and his team in that, you know, in... The first few Batman movies we got we got Batman the superhero. In the Christian Bale Batman movies, we got Batman the Ninja. He was the League of Shadows trainee that was using League of Shadows techniques on the inverse of the League of Shadows. So yeah. as opposed to using them against like corrupt like capitalist society, he was using them against the criminal element and like corrupt officials and stuff. In this one, we get the detective. Yeah, We get the Batman whose boots on the ground. You know, he flies one time and it doesn't work out well for him. He's got a car that he's very clearly like ramshackled out of parts in his freaking tower.
0: Terrifying though. And (laughs) you know, he,
1: he's a boots on the ground Batman. He's a detective. Yeah. And it fits with the tone of the movie. The whole tone of the movie is about doing detective work. Yeah. And like they do a really good job of making the Riddler stuff mysterious And they do a really good job of showing him figuring things out as opposed to just, like, the danger of doing the detective route for Batman. And it happens a few times in the Christian Bale stuff. I don't remember the older movies enough to know if there was any sort of, like, puzzles or mystery. I think in the Riddler stuff, obviously, there was. But, you know, it's what's always bothered me about the Sherlock movies. And a lot of Sherlock media in general. Is that, like when you are doing a story based around a detective to get a real quality punch, you have to lead the audience along, whether it's a book or a movie or a show, you have to lead the audience along into figuring it out along with the detective. Right. And too often it's like, Hey, here's a puzzle. And then the detective character, and this happens all the time with Sherlock Holmes characters, <laughs> will just be like, "Ha, huh, I know. Or they'll like coyly look at Watson and be like, Come on a walk with me, Watson. And then they'll end up at where they're supposed to be. And right. Sherlock will be like, ah, yes, because of no, 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 I figured it out. And it's like, okay, neat.
0: I'm glad that you had Deus Ex Sherlock. Yeah, Sherlock-a. it's like a
1: bunch of crap in your brain. You know, they do a good parody of it in, a, in the second Ace Ventura movie. Yeah. Because, like, one of the big reasons, like... Ace figures out who the big bad guy is, is because he had like a guano scuff on his shoe. And reasonably it's a little bit even better than like Sherlock stuff, but it's very clearly a parody of like how crime shows and crime movies will do that where there's like an insignificant detail introduced way early on in the movie. And then they'll make all these connections that are like available to the audience, but really bold choices to make. Right. You know what I mean? And then the person at the end will be like, aha! I knew it all along! You know? and yeah. um, I feel like too often that happens with detective stuff, but they did a really good job in this one of kind of making it a collaborative effort with him and other people. Yeah. Uh, and he got things wrong. And then had to find out that he got things wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, hell, the penguin helps him figure out one of the clues. Yeah. You know? And I think that's cool. I, I I liked it. It was really well done. And it's, you know, that's why we got a Batman that's more like personable and more interacting, you know, and that's just it's not a Batman we've seen on screen. We've always seen this Batman that's separate from the populace.
0: And I think by incorporating him into the populace, it also made way for something that has not historically been handled well in other superhero movies. Mm -hmm. And that's incorporating lots and lots and lots of comic characters. You know, we had Selina, we had Cobblepot, we had Alfred, we had Gordon, we had, you know, Falcone. We have all these characters that are part of the Batman existence and they all fit. It didn't feel like, you know, Selina's trying to steal the attention or, you know, mm-hmm. Penguin's going to do a double cross and then make it even more complicated. Like, there was, there was the Riddler and he was the primary bad guy. And then everybody else sort of made sense in the structure of Gotham and the structure of an underworld and the structure of, like, coming across people. Like, Penguin wasn't this, like, big, boisterous independent villain that would have deserved his own movie he was like the one guy that's like you would see him as like a secondary character in a law and order episode like he made sense his piece of the pie made sense his placement in the film made sense but they made all of the characters feel very appropriate to what they were like alfred wasn't just there to kind of like i failed you bruce like He actually was allowed to be Secret Service and like do cipher stuff. Like it was just cool that everybody was there and made sense in their place. Quick
1: shout out to Colin Farrell's penguin because damn, that was amazing. So good. He was awesome. (laughs) He's going to be the breakout star of this, I guarantee. Absolutely. People are gonna love him. Uh, We talked about like characters that were the best of like. There's a lot of best ofs in this. Like. Mm -hmm. I'll always have a soft spot for Danny DeVito's Penguin, but I did really enjoy Colin Farrell's Penguin. Uh, Best Batman on the screen is Robert Pattinson. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I've always wanted a detective broody Batman. And this is exactly if that's not the Batman you want. And that's the beauty of all the Batmans that we've gotten is that there's a Batman for everybody. Oh, absolutely. There's like the really intense fighter focused shock and awe Batman of Christian Bale. There's the superhero egotist millionaire of, you know, the George Clooney's and the Michael Keaton's even. But if you like the really like dark broody boots on the ground kind of interactive Batman Great Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Selena Kyle best. Oh yeah, hands down. Uh, I was kind of disappointed that I don't really feel like we get to make a judgment about Alfred. I was really excited for Andy Zirkus to be Alfred, but he doesn't get a lot of time. He doesn't. And the time he gets is really good.
0: It's interesting.
1: Yeah, but it's it's not enough to really make a solid assessment.
0: I think that's fair, yeah. you know, I like that he's a very different Alfred than we've ever gotten before. He is the Alfred that, and I think part of it may be because this is a much younger Batman being depicted than we've ever gotten before, mm-hmm. so this is a bit of a younger Alfred, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, he's, yeah, yeah. And, and when I say younger, I don't mean like, you know, in his 20s, I mean just like, you know, 50s versus 70s are kind of a big deal, yeah. you know what I mean? And he gets to be like, hey, I wasn't always just a butler. I used to be like smart and in the service and like important and a Mm -hmm. like an expert in like fighting and combat and weaponry and And stuff. And I think that's awesome. I did
1: appreciate that of letting Alfred help. I don't feel like Michael Caine, Alfred got to be much more than like father figure and butler. Agreed. And, you know, in the comics, Alfred is basically Bruce's Oracle. He's, you know, working the computers and hacking things. And he does have this like rich spy background and his daughter's a spy. And like he has this espionage connection. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Jeremy Irons, they let him do that. So even though he was in a movie with this big cast, his Alfred really got to shine mm-hmm. because he was like helping with the technology and he was like communicating with the team and organizing things and like talking about like news reports and stuff like that. He was very involved in the like Alfred is as much like when you think of Batman, you know, as a hero, mm-hmm. it's not really just one person. It's no. it's Bruce and Alfred. Yeah. And even to an extent, the Bat Family later on, as he works them in. So, like Batman himself, as an icon, as a hero, doesn't work without these multiple people working in chain. Yeah, you know, and they kind of gave that to Lucius in the Nolan stuff. They really kind of like moved Lucius into that role and kept Alfred more as like the voice of reason and stuff, which Michael Caine did a great job of that. Yeah, but I, you know. Seeing a more active Alfred is cool. So, seeing Andy Zirkus's Alfred doing like figuring out the cipher and helping him figure out the ciphers and stuff like that was cool. It was I liked a good that. use, I liked that. Um, but I just don't feel like he had enough time, and really yeah. because of what happened to him, and just because generally a lot of his interactions with this young Bruce Wayne was just Bruce being a dill hole. Ugh. I
0: I it was it was one of the things that I enjoyed the most, you know, part of going to a theater to see a movie like this is because you want to interact with the audience and you want to hear how the audience, you know, Mm -hmm. responds to things. And one of my favorite things in the whole world is that every time Baby Bruce would be a snarky little dill weed to Alfred, a disrespect Alfred, everybody in the audience just sort of like. You, like, yeah. you hear, like, scoffs and, like, stop being a, stop being a little dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, Alfred's nice. He's great. Be nice to Alfred. He deserves your respect. <laughs> I so love you. Um, <laughs> it was just so fun to hear the audience, like, that's the only time the audience turns on Bruce is when he starts acting like a little snot to Alfred.
1: Yeah. Uh, last real thing that I have to say is what I mentioned earlier about how this did something that, really no superhero movie that I can think of has done to this degree. There's been, you know, like when you think about it, like the second Batman movie from Christopher Nolan, Dark Knight movie, I guess. Batman begins, Dark Knight Dark Knight rises was the last one. Dark Knight, just Dark Knight. Dark Knight. When you think <laughs> about Dark Knight, um, technically Batman loses in that, right? Like Harvey yeah. Dent dies, Batman's name is besmirched, but it's not really that cataclysmic. He yeah. stopped the Joker. Yeah. You know? Joker got caught. So he saved a bunch of people. He's just also kind of labeled as a Batman because he had to kill Harvey Dent or right. whatever. Um, Not that big of a deal. In this one, the superhero loses.
0: He freaking lost. He
1: loses. <laughs> he comes out of it on top with a nice little PR spin. <laughs> And he stops like one element of the Riddler's plan, but he loses. Yeah. Gotham is devastated, devastated by a flood. Yeah. Because Batman didn't figure out the clues properly in time. And that sequence where he's in Arkham talking to the Riddler and the Riddler figures out that Batman isn't
0: on his side,
1: isn't on his side and didn't figure it out yeah didn't like didn't get there is such a cool riddler moment yeah you know what i mean like i that was one of my favorite like compared to all the live action batman villains short of like heath ledger's joker in my opinion that moment was the most connected to the comic book type of you know, because, like, I the Riddler wants to outwit Batman, but he would also be equally as distraught if Batman just didn't get something.
0: Yeah, if he didn't get there.
1: You know what I mean? Like, if it just didn't, it just, like, stopped. It just, the game just stopped and Batman just wasn't along for the ride. Yeah. You know? Like... And it was it was such a great moment of him realizing that he didn't get it and realizing he wasn't as smart as he thought it was. And then he loses. And then there's still, like, movie after that. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, it's the end. Like, he loses and learns from it. And that's so cool. You know what I mean? Like, we, we talked a lot about in... Uh, the no way home review about how it did something different with supervillains. Yeah. And now this movie's in here doing something completely different with superheroes, which is showing them be not these unstoppable behemoths of like, like any other superhero movie would have had him find out about the bombs on the seawall and then get in his car and like rush, rush, rush. And maybe like one goes off, but he manages to like, I've got to do some sort of self-sacrificing thing to stop the detonator. They're detonating in a sequence, and if I get to the second one and, like, rip the bomb out of the van and disable it or something... and it might stop them all. It might blow me up, but it'll stop them all, and then he'd do it and stop them all. Yeah. And that would be the end of it. Yeah. But this had him fail at that and then nearly die trying to stop the second part of the plan.
0: And then showing him doing little things not like they're little in the scope like they're little in the scope of the grandioseness of the event but like they're impactful like stop like cutting a a wire to protect people on the ground that could get electrocuted and like rescuing people like helping lift rubble to save people yeah
1: and it was just it was so poetically done because he's up in the rafters fighting an army of a supervillain. so here he is separated from the people up in the rafters of this thing, just like fighting all these incels that it came in from. Yeah. You know, all these alt right D bags that the (laughs) Riddler enlisted and, you know, getting shotgun blasted in the chest. And then he only survives that through the aid of his friends. Yep. And then he sees people suffering. He looks down and he sees all these people suffering. And so he goes and he cuts the wire and he falls into the water And now he's down here with the people Yep. and he's leading them with a flare and like pulling them out of rubble. And now he's up on the roof with the people.
0: It was the it was the very it was a visual depiction of him realizing that he can't hide. He can't not like he he can't just be this like beacon of fear. He also has to be a beacon of hope for the people like Mm -hmm. he has the criminals have to fear him. Yes, but the people need to trust.
1: him. He can't remain separated from the people of Gotham. He has to be one of them. Because that's how you make a change. How to... yeah. And, you know, it was just such a, it's, there's so much attention to detail in this. Yes. And I really want to go back through and watch it again, because like I spent the whole movie, like I said, being like, man, it must suck to be wet the entire time. <laughs> and all Because it's just raining every scene. Yeah. But then they blew up the seawall. Yeah. The rain was the, like, it was raining in every scene to give you this idea that, there's going to be a lot of water showed
0: the gun. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And there, there wasn't like a bunch of cheesy sequences of like a news, someone watching a news story about like, Oh, flooding happening because of all the, this crazy rain that were happening. It, it was just shown that it was raining a lot. Yeah. In Gotham at this point in time. Yeah. And then the seawall blew. Yep. And there was flooding. Yep. Because there was so much rain. Yep. (laughs) It's so good. And it's It's so smart. Like there's just so much attention to detail throughout this movie. And, you know, that that ending of him falling and then coming up, like, rising up with the people was just so good. And, like, and the
0: nice thing, too, is that, like, he leads people out of the water with a flare. It's not like a blue flare. It's not like he's, like, this beacon of hope. It's a red, smoky flare. So they still yeah. have to put trust and faith that he's doing the right thing because it's ambiguous. Yeah. Like, you're still following this giant vigilante that you have no context for yeah it's just very cool it was really well done
1: this is the best batman origin story yeah to happen because it's an important part of what makes batman yeah it's not just focused on like other batman origins where it's like his family died then he went and trained then he came back now he's batman and he's well established and look at him be an established rich boy uh This was him, the origin here was him realizing that beating up thugs in the street, you know, beating up drug dealers, beating up muggers, that's not the crime. That doesn't make you, like, that's not all there is to it. Yeah. He started to find out, like, the corruption and he started to find out that even his dad who he idolized wasn't without sin and he started to find out the deep web of these like organized criminals and stuff yeah and in my opinion like that's a better origin story because it took him from vigilante to superhero yeah like at that point and it it ties in so well with the idea that this is the detective batman we're finally getting a detective batman yeah because like that's what makes like batman fighting aliens fine but everyone knows the alien's bad yeah you know, Batman fighting a guy holding up an old lady with a knife, fine. But everyone knows the guy with the knife is bad. Right. But it's, it's his ability to find things that people don't see. Yep. And his ability to hunt down the crime that's hidden in the shadows. Yep. That's what makes Batman impressive. And that's what makes him the superhero that he is, is his ability to see these webs where no one else sees them. You know, he's not a Spider-Man. He's not swinging through the streets and then hearing, help me, and then diving down and punching a bunch of guys and being like, just your friendly neighborhood Batman, haha, and then swooping away. <laughs> you know, he's a detective, and he's finding these threads that people don't see, you know? And while it sucks that we'll never get characters probably like Killer Croc or Clayface, like these or Solomon Grundy or these, like, bigger, you know, kind of larger-than-life characters... There's a lot of characters that could be cool to see, you know, yeah. like
0: and and I mean, not to be whatever, but maybe by not being able to incorporate those types of characters in this particular, you know, set of films that leaves openings for things like Suicide Squad and, and Peacemaker, where they can incorporate these like weirder off the wall, bizarre experiences. It definitely you know? seems like
1: Batgirl's going that way because they've got like firefly or whatever yeah yeah but i uh yeah it was just good it was really really good (laughs) i'm excited about detective batman you know maybe next we'll get like a calendar man or something and you know to spoil the surprise we definitely see what's being hinted to is the joker and i really i really hope it's not i don't want another joker i don't I'm okay
0: if he's not the primary guy. If he's just, like, weirdly sprinkled in yeah. periodically as, like, he's here and he's annoying and he's a pain in the butt for Batman, but he's not our primary focus at this time. Because that's the thing. In Gotham, the Joker's always there. Yeah, The Joker's always a problem. The Joker never stops being a problem, but... You know, if you're watching the animated series, the Joker is not the one that he's fighting in every single episode. True. There's lots of things, but the Joker's always there in some capacity. Yeah. And I'd almost rather it be like, you know, every time we're we're in Arkham, he's just stirring up trouble, being a pain in the butt. Yeah. But most of the time it's focused on this other part of the rogues gallery. You know what I mean? And I think that could be really effective especially because it looks like they're using a very interesting iteration of the Joker that we don't typically see on screen because they like making sexy pudding version of Joker. <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I I just I'm jokered out. I'd like to see other like give me a calendar man. Give me a hush. You know, give yeah. me a zaz. Give me a Hugo Strange. I don't know. Ooh, Anybody Strange is fun. You know, but uh really cool I'll finish off by saying don't stay for the end credit stinger. It's not worth it. You've already been there for three and a half hours. Get the hell out.
0: Go pee. You go need pee. to go pee. We know. It's not
1: worth it. <laughs> it's just a URL that they show earlier in the movie, and that's it. Yeah. That's, that's all. Just go so to the bathroom. Just go, it's to, fine. go to that URL at some point and move on with your life. So, yeah. <laughs> three and a half hour long movie. We gave you a three and a half hour long episode, so there you go. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you liked what you heard and you want more episodes of Real Extra or just our regular episodes, uh, you can find them at CoverBeePodcast.com.
0: That's right. And if you're interested in following us on social media for fun facts and updates on episodes and all sorts of good stuff, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at CoverBeePodcast.
1: So again, thank you for listening. I hope everybody has a good week. Get out there and see the Batman. Uh, definitely worth seeing in theaters. Yeah, because definitely. It's beautiful. Uh, and as always, I have been Chris. This has been T. Yep. And you have been listening to Cover Cover B.
0: Bye, everybody.